0: What is up, guys? I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report, episode number 108, I think. I never check before I end up doing the intro, and I think I usually get it right, but today I'm not so sure. It's either 108 or 109. could be 107. Who knows? I know it's not 110, so um, very, very special guest for you guys today. Um, one of my favorite guests, and the guest in... What I believe to be the best episode of ACC Basketball Report to come out since I started doing the show a few years ago, and that is current Louisville assistant coach Dino Gaudio joined the Chimp and I today, had a fantastic time. Dino is a class act, well-spoken, well-thought guy, well-read, a plethora, I guess, for lack of a better word. I don't even know if I'm using that word correctly. Uh, of information both basketball wise socially wise uh, player information wise he's just a great guy talks about everything um, and and has a good time when he comes on which is fantastic because we don't we don't usually go the coaching route because a lot of people won't won't say things that they're kind of thinking I like to stick with media guys or, or 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 even you know in in Harold Little's uh, instance uh, player parents or people you know kind of close to the programs and players themselves because they they tend to be a little bit more forthcoming I guess when we're talking about the game and about college programs and things of that nature so um, but Dino is I mean he's just the classiest guy so it's, a, it's always a pleasure to have him on and, and tonight was no different um, I'm not going to delay the podcast with any kind of long intro So uh, don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast, get the word out um, We are now on Pandora, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast Leave us 5 star review and a comment um, Telling us how much you love the chimp and how funny he is Because apparently he's the star of the show <clears throat> um, But uh, no, I appreciate you all and I'm just kidding I hope you guys enjoy Here he is, Dino Gaudio Like to welcome back for his second appearance on the ACC Basketball Report, uh, Louisville assistant coach and former Wake Forest head coach Dino Gaudio. Coach, I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to join us again this evening.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here with you again.
0: So since you uh, since you come on last time, we've kind of changed the format a little bit. Uh, I've brought on a co-host that we've been uh, we've been kind of doing the show together for the last couple of months, and it's, it's been a pretty good format. Would um, like to welcome the chimp on to meet uh, to meet the coach. Chimp, how are you doing tonight?
2: Doing great. Honored to be here. Excited to be on with Coach Gaudia.
0: Yeah, pleasure pleasure's mine. <laughs> so last time we uh, we kind of went down uh, kind of memory road a little bit. This time, um, given the current situation with with everything that's going on in the sports world and 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 just the social the social aspect of the world right now, uh, we're going to kind of keep it a little bit more current than we did before. Coach, I I know I'm, I'm, I wish I was catching you guys under a bit of better circumstances as far as the team goes. Um, Injuries have kind of decimated you, especially in the front court. Um, Any kind of, any kind of update or prognosis on on Malik or Aiden or when they may, they may reappear?
1: Well, you know, Malik is finally out of the boot and um, he's doing some, like he's shooting free throws. He's doing, I think he's still a couple weeks away I'm, we're hoping like maybe that first or second week in february like like we were off from practice yesterday our ncaa mandated one day off the night you know i, I was in a uh, uh weight room and, and i was looking out on the court and malik was like doing some slides along the baseline he was doing some stationary ball handling drill but it's good to see him out there and he's doing a lot of stuff that he could do that's cardio right now in mm-hmm. terms of Riding the bike, um, you know, he's doing the of uh, Climber a little bit, which doesn't put a lot of pressure on his foot. But he, he's doing everything he can to make his way back. A- Aiden has really a, a, a both both groin injuries to both legs, and he's uh, coming along slower than we had hoped or anticipated. Now we're getting good news on Charles Minlan. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to be able to play, practice really well, today looks like he's going to be able to come back and uh play we're
0: hoping significant minutes against duke on saturday um it was it was tweeted out the other day that uh, that quinn had kind of banged up one of his shins or both shins in practice um is that is that keeping his minute count low right now
1: yeah he he's fine now Qu- 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 quinn's fine it was it, it was exactly it was david johnson like he, he we went to one <clears> miami and his his uh he, he bumped legs with uh uh one of our walk-ons brad and uh he he was nothing where it could he could injure it further but i guess he had a lot of pain with it but um he's back and fine and a hundred percent so uh it it was good we had a day off yesterday because dave was coming off the injury a little bit and um um you had carlick to play 40 minutes against miami played extended minutes again against florida state but uh Hey everybody's going through that right sure. now. There's there's no excuses. I don't know any team that that's healthy. I will tell you Michael, what you got to be careful of right now with what's going on in the country with COVID and and, and injuries and stuff. Th- there's a th- there's a tendency and a proclivity to have a built-in way to explain away performance. Sure. And if you do that, you're you're not going to be successful. Like like everybody's going through it. Everybody's dealing with it. The COVID, everybody's dealing with injuries. there's just forget about explaining stuff away. Hey, the reason we're not successful is this and this. So if you do that, you'll never be successful. So I think we're trying to convey that message to our guys. I hope they're getting it. And, uh, you know, we can move, we can move forward from there. Like the disappointing thing for us, like Florida state's a really good basketball team, but the worst thing you could ever do as a player is underestimate, an opponent and and i think when we went to miami they had a couple starters to come out for warm-ups you know all these kids know each other nowadays sure. and you know they're in street clothes and i don't know you know who we think we are that we're just going to walk out there and, <laughs> and, and, and 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 walk through it that, that's not the way it is and i i think that that that's that's part of the reason we lost all the credit goes to miami and coach Al and the job he did with those those kids shorthanded but you know, you, you, you lose a game like that that maybe you're supposed to win, and all of a sudden you got Florida State 48 hours later, mm-hmm. and it becomes even a greater challenge. But uh, we practice well today, and hopefully we can, uh, you know, move forward with the right attitude and the right mindset as we uh, continue through the ACC season.
0: You know, I've been I've been pretty impressed with with Jalen uh, Jalen Withers that is, who's a redshirt freshman, uh, came in as part of the the big class in Chris Mack's first season, um, sat out as a redshirt last year. More of a kind of a hybrid forward from what I had seen of him as a prep, and, and due to some of your injury concerns, he's kind of stepped in and played that small ball five. Um, what are your thoughts on Jalen and and his acceptance of playing out of position, and, and how has he handled that transition this season?
1: You know what? Him and him and J.J. Trainer are both. Neither of those guys are centers. Neither right. of those guys are five men. And we, we brought him in and said, fellas, this is where we are right now. Like, as a coaching staff, we have to do what's best for the team. And, and right now, what's best for our team is you guys playing the five for us. Now, I, I know that's, that's not where we recruited you, and, and, but you know what? That's the way it is. I think the most important thing for you, Jalen, you know, you're you're a freshman. Redshirt, albeit, and JJ is you're on the floor and you're getting minutes, right? Like that's what's important right now. And they're both been very accepting of that. They understand it. You know, we're demanding of them that, and we're not making excuses for them either. Like I, I don't care. We got to be tougher in the post. We got to defend bigger, stronger guys. Like you know like Garden Basil the other night for Florida State. That's, that's just the way it is, mm-hmm. like I said. so But we're very pleased with with, with Jalen and JJ from an offensive perspective. They're doing a really good job. Jalen Withers is athletic, mm-hmm. has terrific bounce to his game. He could shoot the ball, um, and he's done all of those things. He almost had a double-double again the other night. And, yep. uh, um, he had a double-double at Miami, but we, we need him to be – you know, better on the defensive end of the floor. You know, we switched a little bit against Florida State and he, he ended up on some quicker guys, but he's capable of guarding those guys. I mean, he's, he's athletic, he's 6'9", he has a long reach, he can move his feet, And uh, but we're, we're, we're pleased with where he is and his development, uh, uh, playing a position that he was not, you know, brought into play, and I think his attitude has been outstanding. And I, like I said, I think he's happy to be on the floor and play in minutes. And if we get, we get Malik back and, you know, we could bounce him back to his probably his original position, which is probably power forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our two threes and fours, in essence, in our offense all do the same thing. Like, anybody complains that they're a power forward at, at Louisville, we say, hey, listen, wore, wore, wore that's what Jordan Wara played last right. year. That's right. You should be happy, okay? So, but, uh, no, we're really pleased with what Withers is going for us on,
0: uh, on the floor right now. You mentioned um, you mentioned Minland able to practice. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's Charles Minland, who's a, a transfer from San Francisco at the, the West Coast Conference. You know, this is a kid that over his final two seasons in San Francisco averaged over 14 and points per game. Um, gives Louisville another athlete on the wing. Um, not has has shown the ability to shoot from deep in the past. Um, didn't shoot great in his his two later season in San Francisco. What what can fans expect from Minland when he finally does take the floor for you guys, Coach?
1: Well, what what he could bring to us with a, with a really you know with a really young team is a guy that's been there and it's done it. You know, I think he had games last year against Gonzaga of like nineteen and twenty or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he had two really good games out of the three they played against High. Level competition, and he's a streaky shooter. If he, if he makes one or two, he, he can get it going a little bit. And he has he has good size uh, for good positional size. He rebounds the ball well. Uh, he's not the quickest guy in the world. He's going to be challenged a little bit mm-hmm. with some of the quicker guards in the ACC on the defensive end of the floor. But mentally, he's a bright guy. He's a high IQ for the game. He knows how to use his. Uh, body and his spacing from a defensive perspective. So, we, we just think he'll just give us a ton of experience that we're lacking right now. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he practiced well today, and 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 tomorrow we're going to scrimmage a little bit, which would, which is what he really needs to do: get up and down a little bit, get get a little fatigued in practice, and see how he handles that uh, uh, from that perspective. But we're looking forward to finally getting him back and hopefully he can impact it to some degree in the game against
0: Duke. I want to talk about your backcourt a little bit right now, and I know Chimp will have something to add here um, after this question. You mentioned, you know, Midland offering you guys a little bit more experienced on, on a somewhat younger team right now, especially given some of the guys that have had to play due to injury. Uh, Carly Jones comes to Louisville as a grad transfer, the only player in Division One last year, averaged 20 points, five boards, five assists. He, he's a 23-year-old man. Um, how has his presence contributed to David Johnson's breakout season when David Johnson was really expected to break out anyway? Um, how, how has Carleek made that transition a bit easier for David?
1: Well, the, the good thing with Lake is like, you know, you you got two guards on the floor now, two point guards in essence. Mm-hmm. It takes some of the stress off of. David. Now, in our offense, they're both using mm-hmm. ball screen action, and David, and, it, and it, they they bring different dimensions. Carlique is a little quicker to the rim. Dave has more size, but but Carlique owns other guys' confidence. Mm-hmm. Like like he's such a confident young man. When he's out there with them, they, they feel good about themselves, and I know Dave feels that way as as well. And it took him a little while to get, you know, Dave always had the ball in his hands. Well, now Carleek initially does. It took him a little while to get adjusted, but, but they, they coexist very, very well together. Um, you know, I tried to give him an analogy when I was at Wake Forest. I had, you know, two point guards and Jeff Teague and Ish Smith, and Ish got hurt early in the year, and he missed like 10 games. Well, when he came back, we were playing well. We were, at the time, 16-0, and 0, and... In, in number one in the country, but he was one of our five best players. He had to be out there. You know what I mean? Right. So it, it took a, a couple games, but then they, they realized, Hey, if it's if got the ball, I, I, you know, Jeff would run the wing and same thing with, with Dave and, uh, Carly. I, I think they are, uh, coexisting together rather successfully. I think it's an ACC and, um, and, and, and it, it helps Carleek, too. you got a guy like Dave, if it's a bigger point guard or a stronger guy, we could put Dave on him and maybe put Carleek on a shooting guard. But they, they've, been, they've been terrific together. And, Michael, what we do a lot in practice is we, we, we almost never have – these are our first five and these are the second five. Right. So a lot of times in practice, like because Coach Mack is really into competition every day. Like Dave's running the point guard on one team. Carleek's running on the other team like like you know dre might be the two guard on one team josh nickelberry might be the two guard on the other thing Jalen might be going against sam williamson so we're really in a competition and those guys every day in practice testing each other and playing against each other is really making both of them better
0: that's i love that i love that approach and i think that's the right approach i think that's what a lot of successful coaches do um Chimp did you I know you wanted to, you wanted to talk about the backcourt and the offense they run a little bit
2: well th- this was a perfect segue from from coach um, as someone who's coached a long time and I'm someone who has watched college basketball a long time, why so much ball screen action now and where did it come from and is it here to stay
1: we, you know what we, we all we all borrow steal whatever we want to say from the nba and you know from the years of 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 stockton and malone to you know all those guys and all the ball screen action it 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 started to trickulate down to us trickle down to us at the collegiate level and you know i I can remember way back in in 2003 and 4 when we had chris paul he was such a good ball screen point guard that we were one of the first teams to implement all this ball screen action, drag screens and stuff. And then, you know, you're starting to see the high school kids, you know, again, they borrow from us, but it it really has. And I don't think it's going to go away. I, 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 I really don't. And even Tony last year, Tony Bennett, you know, and Dick's a big blocker mover guy Mm -hmm. and, 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 and motion offense guy ran a little bit of continuous ball screen, but it's really good for us when you have Dave and Carly two point guards that make good decisions that makes the right read off of ball screen action. So it's been good for us, and, and, and you're right. Like, you're seeing everybody in the country utilize the ball screen action. And from a defensive perspective, you got to decide how we're going to impact the ball. Are we going to jump it like we do in Virginia does? Or are we going to go under the screen to keep the ball in front of us? How are we going to handle the roll to the basket, guys on the back side? You know, we always talk about ball screen defense as a five-man proposition. It's just not the two guys on the ball. It's like the guys on the help side that have to slide in and bump the roller until the big man returns. But it has been a big part of our offense at Louisville. I think nationally it's become a big, big part of everybody's offense. And, and, and thus it becomes a big part of how you're going to defend it because it's, it's such a it's such a preeminent and big part of the game that you better be good at it or else it's going to cost you.
2: Well, and it, it drags the bigs away from the goal. It forces them to run more. Um, do, do you Have you ever gotten any complaints from post guys about not getting enough touches down in the box?
1: You, you know what? I, I, I wish our guys would complain more. Like <laughs> I tell them. I, I, I coached way back in a day. I coached like Tyrone Hill and Derek Strong and Xavier. If wow. you never threw those guys the ball, they wanted to wring your neck.
0: They, they <laughs> and those were, are two guys you to don't want wringing your neck.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, those guys played – I think Tyrone played 14 years in the league and Derek played 11. And, you know, David West, who had a great career throughout the NBA, we coached at Xavier. If you didn't throw those guys the ball, man, they let you know about it. We're telling Jalen and, 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 and J.J. – and and Gabe right now because Aiden's hurt like demand the ball inside. Like you gotta want it. So I wish they would complain more. They really they really don't. But I, I really believe this. To be good on offense, you have to have a screening game and you have to have an inside game. And and, and we're just starting to develop Jalen a little more on the inside because we really need to have that aspect. And you know what, guys, the, the other thing that's really important with ball screen offense is, like, we're preparing for Duke. So when, when Matthew Hurt sets the ball screen, he's a pick-and-pop guy as opposed to a pick-and-roll guy. So how are we going to recover to him when he screens and then pops for the three? He leads the ACC in three-point field goal percentage right now. So do we switch it? Do we do what we do and jump and try to, like, recover back quickly to him so those those things are challenges every night contingent upon setting the screen and how you're going to adjust to defending that and uh, um, the way Jalen's shooting the ball now from us from our perspective we may need to do a little more picking and popping with him because if a big guy does come out he has the ability to shoot it but what he's really good at is he's really good at driving the big with the mismatch to the basket. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. But no, I, I I wish those guys would call for the ball more, and uh, uh, we we throw it in there a little more as well.
0: Coach, you mentioned you mentioned Matthew Hurt specifically, and I, I, I again the perfect segue. Um, how much do you guys pay attention as far as devising your game plan? To a game like last night where Pittsburgh really gave hurt, you know, a a lot of fits in the first half as far as as far as getting clean looks off from the perimeter. Do you guys devise a game plan around things like that? Do you watch film and break that film down when you're trying to figure out how to defend it?
1: Yeah, it really is. It it really is like like. You know, early in my career, we we just we were so scout oriented. In other words, you know, one game we we'd handle the ball screen like this. One game we'd go under. One game we'd switch. One game we'd do. But but since we became a pack line team, we've been more programmed to like, okay, we're gonna do what we do. Mm-hmm. Th- this is how we handle this. We're gonna jump the ball screen if they throw it back to Matthew Hurt. We're going to jump and stunt off the weak side until we recover. But no question, there's times when you have an elite player like that that you got to make adjustments. Now, Virginia Tech, who beat who beat Duke mm-hmm. and and Pittsburgh last night, who beat Duke, went under all of the ball screens because, and I'll say this, and Duke will probably make 23s against us. <laughs> some of their guards are cat quick. P.J. Stewart couldn't really shoot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but there are more drivers. You want to keep them in front of you. And what Virginia Tech did and what Pittsburgh did was they went under the ball screen so the big guy could stay on his man and attach to Matthew Burt. And if, if, you know, what Jeff Capel said was, hey, if they make a couple trees behind the screen, I'll live with that. So we're, we're, we're in a game plan right now deciding what we might want to do. Do we want to switch? Do we want to go under or do we want to jump those ball screens and impact them? And, uh, you know, what we did in practice today was we were like, hey, let's worry about Louisville right now. Let's Mm -hmm. try to get better at what we need to get better at, which is transition defense, guarding the ball one on one, boxing out. We never even mentioned Duke today. So, you know, we'll meet tomorrow morning early around seven to decide, Okay, what do we want to try to implement and do? against Duke to negate whether it's Matthew hurt or Jalen Johnson. And, uh, cause I'll tell you what, them getting Jalen back is a, a, it makes them a completely, a completely different team. When I, when I was working at ESPN, you know, I worked a lot of camps in the summer and I worked the Under Armour top 100 camp a couple of years and Jalen Johnson was on my team. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, It's 6'9". When he first comes out, the kid's a sophomore. And I I don't know who he is at the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I put him inside like first game or two. And he goes, Coach, uh, I'm a point guard. I go, you are? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know. uh," So And then I saw what he could do. But but he is tremendously skilled. He's he's a point forward. Mm -hmm. He could drive the ball. He shot it real well against uh, Pittsburgh the other night. He's a big, big challenge for us. Uh you know, who Duke hadn't had the last couple of games and uh I, I, I think it was blew a sigh of relief when Jalen fouled out last night. Yeah. But uh, he's really tired uh talented and in, in, in a much needed uh, dimension, added dimension for them moving forward.
0: I wanna get back real quick to I I guess my own my own preseason predictions that I put out. Um, I caught a little bit of heat for ranking David Johnson behind Isaiah Wong at Miami, I've been a big Wong fan for a long time. Well, not for a long time; he's only been in college a couple of years. But my my biggest question mark with David coming into the season was the fact that he shot under twenty two percent from from behind the arc last season. This season he he's scorching hot, basically at about forty four percent. Was was, the shoulder injury, was, it, was it just simply the shoulder injury that was holding him back last year, or was he in the gym shooting in the dark every day and just made himself that much better?
1: I, I think it was a combination of things. If you remember when he incurred that shoulder injury, he missed the entire preseason That's right. in the first few games of, of, of last year. So now he doesn't have a lot of confidence Like when, when he did start to come back. And you know, it's not a, it's not a big change, but our line from high school is a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and he's so used to getting to the basket that, that that's what he continued to do all last year. And he didn't shoot the ball. Well. So I think he realized the, 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 needed dimension, the added dimension that he needed to bring back this year was shooting the ball a little bit better from the perimeter. And he's done that. He's really invested a lot of time in, in his shoot and, and, uh, I, I think you're seeing the uh, the fruits of his labors. It really has has been good for him, and it's really kept teams honest because now he is a hard downhill driver, and and if you got to respect and close out a little harder to his three point shot, mm-hmm. then he's going to be he's going to be difficult. He's going to be a tough cover uh, in in games, and and he's done that. And he's done. He he just has to like so many kids understand. a a good shot and a bad shot and and, and when we want a shot and how early in the shot clock, you know, we don't have Jordan Wara or Ryan McMahon that we gave the complete green light. Like it could be a first pass three and you're shooting it with 27 on the shot clock. And we we were going to live and die with that. I, I don't know if we have anybody on this team that has that discretion. And every once in a while, Dave will like, you know, try to single handedly do things. And he's understanding, like, i got to trust my teammates a little more. Maybe we need to get the ball in the paint and get a kick out for a three before I let one go and transition. But, you know, we are really pleased with his development, especially from behind the three-point line.
0: Um, I was watching one of your games. You're not allowed
1: to mention Wong anymore.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. He you know. crushed <laughs>
1: us the other night. He yeah. was terrific. <laughs> he was just terrific, too. In three years we've been at Louisville – we never once doubled a kid off ball screens mm-hmm. in the last four minutes of that game we had to double him and it was a little bit too little too late but no he was he was he was terrific
0: yeah I, 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 I've been a big Isaiah Wong fan since watching him early last year um, I even I caught a little bit of heat too for um, I ranked Justin Champagne at Pitt as the third best returning player in the ACC this year, behind uh, Garrison Brooks and Jay Hoff, I took a little bit of heat for that as well. But that uh, that looks like that's that's starting to come to fruition as well. Justin's having a, a heck of a season. No,
1: no, no question. Justin Champagne is just, and how he can come back and play as well as he had after that injury where he never played at all. He mm-hmm. just, he, he is he is a a, a terrific, terrific talent.
0: Um, I was watching a, a game of yours, I want to say it was last week, but I, I can't be quoted. The color guy, who, who I, f- I forget who it was, and I, I wish I could remember, um, made an interesting comment that, about Coach Mack and how often he had to try to keep uh, Samuel Williamson motivated to play hard. And I, I thought that was a, a very first pointed thing to say on the air. Um, I, I was wondering, one, is there any truth to that? And B, how does how does a staff go about motivating a kid that is tremendously talented like Samuel is, but he may suffer peaks and valleys as far as his, his motivation or his motor goes?
1: Yeah, he, here's the thing with Sam. Like, I, I spoke to him, I think it was last week. I don't think there's anybody on our team that spends more time working on his game individually than Sam Williamson. I mean... If I walk in that office at eight 30 or eight in the morning, he, he's in there shooting with a manager or with a graduate assistant rebounding for him. He lives in the gym and he wants to be good. Mm-hmm. And, and I told him, I go, Sam, whether you make shots or not, like if you're playing hard, you're playing well, that, that, that's all. If you're playing hard, you're playing well. And, and the harder you play, the 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 better you're going to play and 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 your shot's going to be better and you're going to score more and you're going to rebound more i I don't think that it's a conscious thing where we're constantly prodding him that he needs to play hard it's the whole it's the whole group i I think that's a big challenge in 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 coaching like getting kids to go outside of their limits Mm -hmm. and he's no different than anybody else i I would not say that Sam is like, boy, he's a pain in the butt. He doesn't practice hard. He doesn't go right. hard. That's not the case. That, that That's not the case at all. And he has a little bit of, uh, I'm not sure what the word is. He has a little bit of just his demeanor and his disposition looks like a little bit, his motor doesn't run as high as it should or it needs to be. And, and, and I think, his personality is a little bit like that, mm-hmm. but, but I, I think he's learning. I, I think he, he goes to the boards hard, which is an effort area yep. that we're really pleased with. But, uh, no, I, I don't think it's like anything outside of the realm of like trying to push all these guys to go a little bit harder and go outside their limits.
0: Um, kind of sticking with the, the motivation factor, you, you guys experienced a, a good long pause, uh, in December with 18 days off, um, you know, you're coming off of uh, a very impressive win at the time at home against what I think is even, you know, even given their current ranking and current situation, a very good Western Kentucky team with a lot of talented kids. Um, you guys are off for 18 days. Uh, I'm not sure how much you practiced or were able to practice over those 18 days, but you come back on a Saturday and you get Wisconsin on the road. What is what? What was the most difficult challenge? After those 18 days, was it motivation, was it conditioning, or simply focus, or, or just rust, or what was – how did COVID in that situation play into into your it, season?
1: It, it, you know, it was a combination of things. You're not practicing, so I'm not – I don't think kids are in, in great shape. Mm-hmm. I think we're down a couple guys. We were down Carlique. You know, like I said, he's a guy that gives other guys on his team confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then if you remember in that game at Wisconsin – Jalen was just coming off. He had the virus a little bit before Carleek did. So that game was on a Saturday. So on a Thursday, he went through ACC protocol, which was, okay, he had 14 days off, then one day, and please don't quote me on the protocol, it's like one day you ride the bike for 20 minutes. One day you're on the treadmill for 30. And then one day you're doing something else. Well, then on day four, Fred Hina came to me and said, He's allowed to do a 30-minute basketball workout. Now, this is Thursday before Mm -hmm. the game on Saturday. So, you know, Coach Mack and I got together, and I said, Chris, what do you want to do with him? Because why don't you do some shooting with him? Why don't you do some ball screen rolls with him? So, now, we we actually put 30 minutes on the clock because that's all he was allowed to do by, by ACC protocol. So, we shoot elbow to elbow, two minutes, elbow to right corner on the right side elbow to left corner we shot five threes from uh 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 five spots and he starts to get a little bit out of wind yeah i go jalen two free throws. so he shoots two free throws. i look up and there's like i don't know 15 minutes on the clock so we start doing them ball screen rolls you know he you know he's coming off and a walk on showing him a bounce pass and he's laying it in jalen come on back up ball screen on this side he he goes about five or six ball screens, and he puts his hands on his knees. Now, any other time in my coaching career, I'd have said, son, let's go. What are you doing? Right. Pick it up. Let's move. I, I never said a word to him. I looked over to Fred Hina. I said, Jalen, shoot two more free throws. I go, Fred, you let me know what this kid can do because I'm not going to be yelling at him and pushing him because you don't know. You don't right. know what you, – you, th- with this COVID stuff, you know, you're hearing about you know, myocarditis, you know, any other time in years past, I might've been into the kid and pushing him a little bit. So we go to Wisconsin. And if you look in the box score, Jalen played in the first half. And two minutes into the second half, Fred Hina came over and goes, I don't like the way he's breathing. I don't think he should play anymore. Now that's not the reason we, we, we lost by, the, the margin that we lost like if we'd have played five managers i wish we'd have played harder and fought <laughs> and, and, and not lost by what we lost by but, but there were some really extenuating circumstances and not making any excuses at all wisconsin's a really good team and just kicked kicked our butts but uh there's there some things that are going on that are a little bit scary and you got to worry about am i doing the right thing as a coach and and we you know we just defer to the medical people and um and go from there. But it, 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 you'd be remiss if you say it doesn't impact you. Mm -hmm. When when I'm looking at Virginia play Clemson the other day at Clemson, they were beating the heck out of them. And then you saw where Clemson had COVID. They had a pause and out of playing Virginia. It's, it's, it's not the the same. I I said this to somebody early. If you lose games with kids injured, that's part of our game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Malik Williams being hurt. That's, that's part of the business. But with kids out with COVID or not practicing, I think it bastardizes the games a little bit. I I think it's that added dimension that you really wouldn't want to see there. But, you know, we're in the season. you got to play the games. you got to do just the the best you can do and then live with the the outcome.
0: Jim, anything you want to add before we uh, start to go into the bonus and wrap it up?
1: I'm sorry, Michael, say again. I'm
0: i just throwing it over to Chimp if there was anything he wanted to ask you before we
2: before Oh, I'm we'd... sorry. No, you're good. Well the, the the one thing I would say is this is that as as a fan, uh, I am thankful to be able to watch these games and it's interesting to hear coach talk about, you know. What you, what these kids are going through, I know, it, and I'm sure, Coach, it has to be extremely tough on the kids too, not f- yes. just physically,
1: but mentally. No, there, there, there's 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 no question. There's no question. And hey, think about this: our young guys came back to school Memorial Day weekend, whatever that was, 29th, 30th of May, and then, you know, we sat down with them, you know, in November and said, "Fellas." The NCAA says you have to have three days off for Christmas. But we're afraid if if you go home. Now, we're going to give you three days off, but if you go home and you come back and you contract the virus, then we're not going to play Kentucky and we're not going to play, you know, I think Pittsburgh was, was you know, an early season game. That was before Christmas, though. But we said to them, and, and we think it's in our best interest, that you stay here for Christmas and you don't go home because what happened was after summer school, they went home for like eight days. As soon as we came back, when school started August 17th, we had a little flurry of, of an outbreak. We had four players that have the virus. So they came to school, May 29th to 30th, went home for a few days in August, didn't go home for Christmas. It, it uh, you know, you talk to the coaches around the country. It's like, you know, when this season's over, we need to shut it down and let these kids go home for a couple weeks, you know, for the classes are online. And surely when school's over, they, they need to get away because, you know, I, I know I was here for Christmas and my family wasn't here. And it was like, holy Toledo, that's that's, that's a tough that's a tough, tough time. And it's, it's really mentally taxing on those young kids. It really is. It really is.
2: And that's the, the big thing for me that I think about when I watch these games every night is, you know, as fans, you know, we want to be entertained and, you know, people paying attention to the rankings and I'm kind of sitting there going, I'm just thinking to myself, because I played at that level and I can't imagine what it's like and what these kids are going through. So I'm telling you, I'm just thankful that, that the coaches and the players are doing everything that they're doing just to, just to be able to get out on the court.
1: Yeah, a- a- absolutely. They're making a tremendous sacrifice. They they, 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 they really are. And, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't happen. But I'll tell you what, you know, I'm really good friends with Fran Priscilla and, and, you know, some of my former colleagues at ESPN. And there's starting to be a little rumblings around the country that some, some of the coaches are saying that they might not want to play the conference tournament only because they're afraid. Let's say you're already in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like, like, hey, we're in. Like, co- coaches are afraid of going somewhere, maybe getting the virus at the conference tournament, and then you're done. You're not playing in the NCAA tournament, you know? So I, I think the security around that and, and, and the bubble, if you will, like, you know, our tournament's going to be in Greensboro, and we haven't heard the details yet. I know the ACC's going to try to do the best they can of uh, – Making this thing like a a bubble, but but I know when we had our MTE, we had boy, we had security at the doors, and we tested every other day. And you know, we came out of that thing, and we had you know three four kids get the virus, and Coach McGee's had it, and two managers had it, three other teams in the MTE: Winthrop, um, Duquesne, Prairie View had the virus. So there's a little bit of fear. If all these teams get back together, boy, if you get the virus during your conference tournament and you're out of the NCAA tournament, cool. That that would be a huge disappointment. But I haven't heard anything definitive on that yet. That's very interesting.
0: Coach, what are your thoughts on the simply the logistics of having the state of Indiana be the March Madness bubble?
1: Yeah, I I, I think it'd be I think it's a great Venue instead of maybe, okay, you're going to put these kids on a plane or a bus one time, and now they're yet there instead of being mm-hmm. at, I don't know, maybe in, in in New York in the garden for two games and then flying over here next weekend if you win and then flying back over there. And I, I think it's a good idea. I, I know Indianapolis would be a great host. Like when the Final Fours in Indy, it's just terrific. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to be as safe as they can with, uh, uh the protocols with the testing and uh you know I'm I'm excited about it. I hope we're a participant in it and uh would look forward to to play in there. I, I think it's a great idea by the NCAA.
0: I think a national championship game held at Hinklefield House would be phenomenal. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it?
1: It would. I played there back in the day when uh we were at Xavier and Butler it was in uh, at the time, the Midwestern Collegiate Conference. and yeah. uh, Well, what a great venue.
0: Um, I, I, one more, I guess, change that we've kind of made to the format is um, at the end of every show now, um, the Chimp will give you seven rapid-fire questions. Um, it gives us an opportunity to get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level. Um, they're just kind of quick hitters, we call it, going into the bonus. And uh, if you're ready, I'll turn it over to him, and he will. Uh, he'll go ahead and get started.
1: Absolutely, let's do it.
2: Well, I can tell you that I have no doubt that these will be seven of the most diplomatic and classy answers <laughs> we have ever had on this show. Because Dino you know, <laughs> is smooth as silk, man. Without well, a doubt. But uh, if you're ready, uh, here we go. Okay. I asked this question to a lot of guests. All right, uh, a movie is made about the life of Dino Gaudio. What is the, the- title? Uh, a movie is made about the life of Dino Gaudio okay?
1: I, 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 I'd say and, and okay. don't take this the wrong way Godfather Junior <laughs> okay <laughs> who, who, who plays you I wish it would be Pacino <laughs>
2: I was going to say De
1: Niro <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: as long as it's not Andy Garcia we're good Right, Say
1: question again, please two. I'm sorry
0: I said as long as it's not Andy Garcia we're good because the Godfather yeah, exactly. three trails exactly. yeah exactly
1: <clears throat> all right qu- question
2: number two who is the one recruit that got away from you that broke your heart
1: um gosh it, it, it's 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 it might have been Mike Conley and only because we we recruited Mike. Now we got Ish Smith because we didn't get Mike Conley, and mm-hmm. Ish Smith is my favorite player in the world. But we were recruiting Mike really hard, and I wish we'd have got both him and Ish. But because we thought we could hit the grand slam, that so we thought if we got Mike Conley, we were going to get Greg Oden, mm-hmm. and if you remember, on the same AAU team was DaQuan, Daquan Cook. That's right. And we put all our we put a lot of eggs in that basket. They actually unofficially visited us twice, and and Mike Greg and DaQuan visited officially once and what happened was we thought mike was the point guard on that aau team that he was going to come and he'd bring the other two but dayton uh, but daquan was from dayton and i grew up in ohio and i know the draw of ohio state But he committed to ohio state first and brought the other two with him and we know that that group took took you know Thad took those guys to the final four and was it Michael? Was it the national championship game as well? Yeah, they
0: they played Florida in the national title game. Yeah, yeah.
1: but we, we, we if we you know that's the one that we felt like we had a really good chance of getting that never came to fruition. And um, um, I'm happy with the guys we got, but that that could have been, a, you know, maybe a Final Four team like Ohio State had.
2: Well, that's interesting. I did not know that. Okay, question number three. Speaking of Ohio. You went to Ohio U, correct? I did. Why Ohio U? Number one, and can you? And Ohio U is notoriously known as a party school. <laughs> Give us your best
1: story while you were at Ohio U. Well, if, if anybody out there knows about Ohio University, Halloween is a big night at Ohio University, and and like you go out on Halloween. It's the first time I ever saw a National Guard in and around. And, and it only took <laughs> one. There was a student that was acting crazy as could be. And at OU, and I was just a freshman. And the reason I went there was two of my cousins went there. You know what I mean? It was like, quote, unquote, Ohio State is too big. And and we were all going to go to OU together. And and I honestly thought that that I was going to, be able to walk on there as a basketball player because i played for a kid at a, w- in high school named bruce chance that went to ohio state for fred taylor and when all these schools were coming in and looking at him they were saying hey this little point guard is pretty good too why don't you if bruce comes why don't you come with him well little did i know they didn't care about that little point guard they just wanted that big kid that was six eight <laughs> on our team but so i end up going there and just being a regular student but uh on one of the halloween parties like outside on the street like one of the kids, like that, was down the hall from me. Got shot with a rubber bullet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going out again at OU <laughs> on the weekends. But it was it was a great education. But it was a little bit, you know, in the uh, mid seventies, uh, a, a crazy place to be. You had to have your priorities in order.
2: All right, question number four: True or false? You own Mark Few head-to-head in coaching
1: matchups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I use the word own, but I got him. I did. Up, 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 up there, too, and it was a great win up there. And uh, uh, We had a really good team, and, and we had, like I was telling you, Smith and Al Farouk Amino, and we had a great game up there. But uh, um, it was a good win, and I'll tell you, that plane ride home was as good as any as I, that I've had.
2: So the answer is true. You do own him. It was. Yeah, I'm not going to
1: say oh, but
2: <laughs> De- December 5th, 2009, and you won the game by two, and you were one and zero.
1: I'm one and zero. I'm I'm am one and zero. Okay,
2: I have a friend that is from uh, Western Pennsylvania, and I must tell you that y'all's accents are very very similar. You guys could be brothers. So this is a food. <laughs> qu- this is a food question. Okay. Would you rather have pierogies, sausage and peppers, or pasta with meat sauce?
1: Oh, I, I think I got to go with the pasta. I think the pasta with the, the, the meat sauce. Now, here's the big thing. Like, my wife, God bless her, I made her learn from my mother, who's 85 years old, how to make spaghetti sauce. And now she does it as well as my mother does. Now, we're not... A lot of, we're not a lot of marinara with meat sauce, but more marinara with meatballs. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a – and for me, it's all different. Like, I could have spaghetti on Monday, rigatoni's on Wednesday, mustacholi's on Friday, and, and, and I'm fine. So I, I could eat pasta <laughs> three days a week. <laughs> all right,
2: good answer. Okay, question number six. Now, I have a backup question for this if you choose not to answer. Oh, wow, all there right. we go. Big, all right, bigger, uh, bigger ego. Jay Billis or Dan Dockett?
1: I think. Well, you know what? They're both out of the out of the orbit. Those, those guys are both <laughs> off the charts. But I will say this: Jay is a little more humble than Dan. I will say there
2: that. There you go. All right. All right. Last question. I saved the best for last. Who is more competitive, Chris Mack or Christy Mack?
1: You know what I I, 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 and how about this? How many guys could say that they've guarded both Chris Mack and Christy Mack?
0: Really?
1: I could say that when Chris <laughs> was dating Christy, she'd come down, we were assistants at Wake Force, and she'd play with us. She, she, she would play with us. Now, I'll say this Chris Mack is incredibly, incredibly competitive. I think he's more competitive than his wife, but I will say this his wife. Now we're talking women's basketball, men's basketball was a better player than Whoa. don't put that on the air too loud, but, but I'm going to say <laughs> Christy well, Mack is in the Dayton hall of fame.
2: And I saw she was, I think she's from Kentucky. If I'm not mistaken, it was the state player of the year. in, in high school, is that correct? Yeah. I, I,
1: I, she, she went to school right here and, uh, and I hope I get it right. was the Holy cross. But, but she, I mean, like I said, when her and Chris were dating. She would come, and we'd play lunchtime ball. And she'd play lunchtime ball with us and, and hold every bit of her own. <laughs> I think Chris, is- we played one-on-one maybe 200 times in our career. And he probably beat me like 198. <laughs> but the one time I beat him, he lost his mind. Kicked the ball up to the <laughs> ceiling, went into the rafters. But uh, and I never let him forget that.
2: All right. Well, coach, you are now in the bonus, and I have to tell you, I really enjoyed it. Great answers, and uh, it was a lot of fun uh, listening to you this evening. Thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great, great to be here,
0: Dino. I just want to follow up one thing real quick. Um, as far as the uh, the, the Western Pennsylvania and, and the food situation, I spent a year building a complex at uh, Indiana University. Uh, IUP in Indiana, uh, Pennsylvania. And while I was out there, everybody that I run into told me that I had to try Primanti brothers. What is your, oh, yeah. what is your, okay. I, I, that tells me a lot right there. What is your honest assessment of Primanti brothers?
1: <clears throat> well, you got to remember now, Primanti brothers is a late night dining venue. Right. I mean, when everything's closed, that's where you would go. And and at the Primanti brothers in Pittsburgh, like, and I I grew up, like I said, in Eastern Ohio, but just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, they would put the French fries on the sandwich. And and, and some people would go in there a little over served. (laughs) And I know one thing at like two in the morning, it was the best. It was the best.
0: I, I had it once or twice while I was out there, but the locals out there ranted and raved and they they would drive, I can't remember how far it was, but it had to have been 30, 40 miles out of Indiana, that yeah. uh, that they would go up there to Pramanthi Brothers up near the outlet shores and, and and visit that for a late night snack, for sure. Yeah, it's, it,
1: Pittsburgh is such a great town, like when I was growing up, you'd go through the Fort Pitt Tunnels and it would just be smoke from the steel mills and stuff, yep. and my dad worked 44 years at Wheeling-Pittsburgh still in eastern Ohio. But you go through that tunnel now and see that city, it's, it's, it's a gem. And what, what a great town and what great people.
0: Coach, I, I appreciate you taking the time to join us once again. And I'll do uh, my, best, my best John Rothstein impression and tell you good luck on Saturday against the Dukies. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, yeah. Take care. Truly one of my favorite guests that i've ever had on this show that's dino gaudio Former wake forest head coach current assistant head men's coach at louisville um I mean just a, a class guy and for those of you who may have missed my rant and rave on twitter You know that interview was originally scheduled for tuesday night because of course I have some obligations for uh for the Rockin 25 on wednesday and my uh my laptop decided to to have kind of a meltdown at exactly the same time that uh, Coach Gaudio was supposed to join us on the air. He was gracious enough to make time for us on Wednesday evening, which I am absolutely thankful for. I thought the show went great. Um, I always appreciate his time. Uh, appreciate the chimp on the show. I thought that the, the bonus was fantastic, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, Don't forget, like, rate, review, share the podcast, Uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We are also now available on Pandora. I finally got that email after submitting the show, what feels like forever ago, um, and and finally got approved there. So if Pandora is your your choice for listening to podcasts, we are now available on that platform as well. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All that stuff we should be available on at this point. So I appreciate the follows. I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate you guys continuing to listen. Um, I hope to, uh, to continue putting out, uh, this great content. So, uh, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week. Later.